0: So let me ask you this morning, what are you personally doing to share the power of God's word? Do you sing in church? Do you read God's word? Do you proclaim God's word? Because there's power in any of those three ways. And if you're not doing it, there's one of two reasons. Either you don't believe there's power in it, or you're scared of the power that's in it. Welcome to the weekly podcast of Independent Methodist Church in Macon, Mississippi. It is our hope that this message will encourage you, strengthen your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. So our title today is The Power of the Word. The Power of the Word. Let's read together Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. But will accomplish what I desire. And achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And in Hebrews 4. and verse 12. Talking about the word of God. says for the word of God is living and active. Sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. Joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Let's pray. Lord, as we learn about the power of your word, Father, speak to our hearts. Help us to glean from it the truth that you would have us to hear this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Out of all the words known to man, there is nothing more powerful than the word of God. You think about it, the words of philosophers with all their unending questions don't hold a candle to the word of God. The words of scientists, with all their complex concepts and fundamental principles, don't hold a candle to the word of God. All the hollow promises of those in politics don't stand up to the promises in God's word. There have never been any individual or group in the past or in the present or there never will be in the future whose words are more powerful than than God's word. You take all the speakers, all the prominent speakers of all time and, and nothing that they have ever said compares to what God has said. It's by God's word that everything was created. He spoke everything into existence. He said, let there be light, and there was light. Let the dry land appear, and it appeared. Let the the birds and the fish and the crawling things on the earth appear. He spoke them into existence by the power of His Word. He created everything. And His Word has the power to change lives. His Word has the power to lift the heads of the downtrodden. His Word has the power to soothe those who are in deep despair and it has the power to save from sin the 16th century monk Martin Luther came to realize the power of God's word when he found a a Latin version of the Bible and after a great degree of study he realized that principle of justification by faith and through the power of the word he got up the courage to nail those 95 theses on the the door of the church there at Wittenberg and started the Protestant Reformation. I dare say you and I would not be here were it not for the power of the word that touched his heart and mind and gave him the courage, gave him the understanding to do what he did and and revolt against what the church was teaching at that time So, because of the power of the word. This is what Martin Luther said when he was called before the 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 head knockers of the church to give an account and to recant what he was so boldly proclaiming this is what martin luther said unless you prove to me by scripture itself that i am mistaken i cannot and will not recant my conscience is captive to the word of god here i stand there's nothing else i can do god help me that's what martin luther said He was considered to be the father of the Protestant Reformation. And he said, my conscience is captive by the word of God. Is your conscience captive by the word of God? Is mine. That's the question we need to ask ourselves this morning. Are we 100% convinced that God's word is the most powerful word there is? We're going to think about that this morning as we ponder over those questions in our minds. And we're going to look at the power of God's word as it's shared in three different ways this morning. Number one, there is power in God's word when we sing it. When we sing praises to his name, there is power. Psalm 96 verses 1 through 3 says, Sing to the Lord a new psalm. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise His name. Proclaim His salvation day after day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. When we sing praises to God, it stirs something within us. When we sing anything, it stirs something within us. Whether it be secular music or Christian music, hymns. Hearing a song from the past helps us remember things remember the good old days having words set to music and being sung adds that extra emphasis because music is powerful and helps us to remember we turn on the radio and we hear a song from yesteryear and remember what we were doing and where we were and it's the same way with God's holy word when it's set to music it has power when we sing it changes our lives and the lives of those around us when i was in college i think i've told you this before i if i was studying for a test a lot of times i would set the test uh, the answers to the questions as i was studying i would set them to music and make a song out of it and i could remember it when i got there in front of the professor sitting there with that paper and, pen- and pencil and i could recall what the answer was because music is powerful Listen to what Paul wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. He says, Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Because there's power there, you see. He wrote to the Colossians in chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach, admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And there are some instances of times in the scriptures where hymns were sung. Spiritual songs were sung. You think about when Paul and Silas were in jail in Acts chapter 16. And it says about midnight, They were singing and praising God at midnight while they were in chains. And you remember the earthquake happened and shook the prison and the doors flew open. The chains fell off. There was power in them singing the word of God. We're told in in Matthew 26, when on the night that Jesus was betrayed and they, they got together for that last supper in the upper room. And after they had had their meal, Scripture says they sang a hymn together and then they went out to the Mount of Olives where... They went on to the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus would be betrayed. They sang a hymn together. When we sing hymns together, there's power in that. It draws us together. It draws us closer to God and closer to each other. And it speaks to our own hearts. It enhances our worship. It shares the truth not only with others but with those, with our own hearts too. It's a means to share the gospel that all of us that have a breath of air in our lungs can participate. Whether we can sing well or not, we can make a joyful noise. That's what we're called to do. Reverend Edward Scott was a missionary in India years ago, back in the late 1800s. And he, he saw a man in town that looked different from everybody else. And he wondered, who is this guy and where is he from? And he was told that he was part of a remote tribe up in the mountains. And they didn't know the gospel. And so Reverend Scott began to pray over what to do how to reach these people. He was a violinist by trade. He carried his violin with him everywhere he went. So he finally got the courage to go up the mountain. And on the way up, he met this tribe on a hunting expedition. He knew he was going to die because they all had their spears pointed right at him. And Dr. Scott took out his violin thinking that he was going to play his own funeral dirge. And he played and sang on that violin with his eyes closed. All hail the power of Jesus' name in their native tongue. When he got to the third stanza he opened his eyes and all those men were weeping and their spears were down. See the power of the word when we sing it is strong. It changes people's hearts and it will change my heart and yours. But not only is the Word of God powerful when we sing it. The word of God is powerful when we read it. When we take it in with our eyes and read it. Listen to Psalm 119, verses 18 and 20, and then verse 105. The psalmist writes, Open my eyes that I may, that I may see wonderful things in your law. I am a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. My soul is consumed with longing for the laws at all times. And then in verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. When we take in God's word by reading it, it's powerful. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, reminding Timothy about his upbringing. He says, you've known the Holy Scriptures from from infancy. You've known them from infancy, the Holy Scriptures. They're able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. I have a question for you this morning. How's your Bible reading? Do you have a Bible reading program? And I have to confess to you, if there's an area of my life that I struggle with, it's trying to find time to read God's Word. Life gets so busy. And you get to the end of the week and you've not... Done what you thought you wanted to do for the week as far as reading. It gets tough sometimes to carve out that time for God. And I found the best time for me is right when I first get up in the morning. If I wait, a lot of times it doesn't happen. 20 years ago this winter, I wanted to get closer to God. I wanted to know Him better. So I made a commitment to read God's Word from start to finish that that winter, 20 years ago. So I started in Genesis 1. I got through about halfway through the Psalms, and a light dawned in my heart that I'd never known before. And I followed later on in believer's baptism as I gave my life to Jesus. It's been 20 years ago. It changed my life. It can change yours as well by reading it. There was a man, I read a story of a man, and I think I may have told this before, he went to a bible conference in africa and he ran into a guy on the street and the guy looked like he was on drugs and just looked like he was not taking care of himself and the guy tried to give him a little pocket new testament and he wouldn't take it he saw him the next day and he told him he needed to take it and read it and he wouldn't take it finally the third day the guy reluctantly agreed he said you know what I can take these pages and they'll make just the right size to roll up my marijuana cigarettes with. So that's what I'm gonna do. The fellow says, okay, that's fine, you do that, but I want you to make me a promise. As you're tearing those pages out, before you roll them up, I want you to read the words on these pages. The guy left the conference and he didn't think anything else about it. He came back the next year to the same conference and there was that same man, except there was a difference. He had a suit on, he was in the conference himself. He had given his life to Christ and was becoming a missionary himself. And he told the man, he said, I kept my promise. He said, I read through Matthew and smoked through Matthew and Mark and Luke. And I got to John 3.16 and something changed. He said, I smoked through those first three Gospels. When I got to John 3.16, God got a hold of me. He said, I gave my life to Christ. You see, the power of the word when we read it is real it changed that man's life. And it can change yours as well. Jesus paid it all for us. And the words are written down on these pages for us to take it in. God's word has power when we sing it. God's word has power when we read it. I'll tell you the third thing. God's word has power when we proclaim it. When we preach it. That word that's translated in the, in the Gospels as preach is from the Greek word keruso. means to proclaim. Like a town crier that would stand on the street corners dressed in elaborate clothing ringing a bell. Hear ye, hear ye. We're called to proclaim the message because it has power when we proclaim it. Preaching is a is a vital part of sharing God's word. Listen to Romans 10 verses 9 through 15. It says if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved as the scripture says anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile the same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. People won't know the truth unless we get out and proclaim it. And that's what we're called to do. There's a lost and dying world out there that needs the gospel message. And it's our job To proclaim it. And there's power in it when we proclaim it. Back in uh, 1986 when Chernobyl blew up. You remember the the, uh, disaster. Reactor number four blew up. And the Russian government chose not to tell the truth. They chose to withhold the truth. And so days went on. Thousands of people went about their daily lives. Kids playing on the playground. They had a a, a Workers' Day march in Kiev, 60 miles away, two days later. Hundreds of thousands of people piled into the streets for that parade, soaking in the sunshine, all the while they were soaking in the radiation that they couldn't see. Fourteen years later, in the year 2000, three and a half million Ukrainians are drawing benefits 14 years later for being radiation sufferers because that government withheld the truth. They didn't tell the truth. They wanted to save face and not let the world know about the accident. And you know I wonder when we think about how many people in our lives that we have come in contact with, friends, co-workers, family members that we didn't share, that we didn't proclaim the truth to, how many of those have stepped through the door of eternity to a crisis existence because we failed to share the truth just like the Soviet government. Ashamed to, to tell the truth. That steps on my toes a little bit. This is the same principle. How many? So let me ask you this morning, what are you personally doing to share the power of God's word? Do you sing in church? Do you read God's word? Do you proclaim God's word? Because there's power in any of those three ways. And if you're not doing it, there's one of two reasons. Either you don't believe there's power in it, or you're scared of the power that's in it. There's only two reasons why you wouldn't be willing to share that power with others. Not everyone is called with a beautiful singing voice, but we can make a joyful noise. Not everyone is called to stand in the pulpit and preach, but we're all called to proclaim. Matthew 28 Go and make disciples of all nations, Jesus said. We all have the ability to read God's word, there's power in it when we do, it's important. How effectively are you doing those three things in your life? Are people stepping through the door of eternity without Christ because you're failing to do one of those three or all of those three? It's a sobering thought. Maybe there's somebody on your heart right now that you know you need to go. God speaking to you saying, I need to go share that news with them. Maybe for the first time in your life you realize you've been slipping in that area and God's calling you to him this morning. Maybe he's calling you to salvation for the first time in your life like he did me really 20 years ago. Whatever the need is on your heart this morning, would you respond? Jesus is big enough and he loves you enough to wash it all away with his blood. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we're so grateful for the power of your word whether we sing it or whether we read it or whether we proclaim it Lord empower us to do all those things to the best of our ability so that others will come to know you in a very real and personal way help us to go and make disciples of other nations Father search our hearts it's in Jesus name we ask these things Amen